Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. This is Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. And we are talking about Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson today. So, Rebecca, can you remind us what the theme for Canada Reads is? Why, yes, Shauna, I can. This year's theme is One Book to Bring Canada into Focus. Yes, and this is your spoiler announcement to say that we are talking about the book in full detail. Please pause and resume later if you want to read the book and and then listen. Otherwise, feel free to continue on. Okay, so as if you've been listening to our other reviews, you know that we have this little rating system that we've been using, and we're going to kind of run through these really quickly. It's a scale of 1 to 10, a number of topics related to the book, and or each book that we read. And we're just going to say what number we assign them, and then we'll jump right into the review. So, Shauna, for quality of writing, what did you assign Son of a Trickster? Actually, I gave it a 10. Wow! Okay, I gave it a seven. Pace. I gave that a seven. I gave that a seven. Plot development. Eight. Gave it a seven. Characters. Ten. I gave it a nine. Enjoyability. For me, it was ten. For me, it's a seven. Insightfulness. Seven. Seven. Ease of reading. Nine. Seven. And then we have a category for photos, illustrations, which I do not believe it had any in there. Well. I think it had a river otter or something. There's just just... birds on the last page of the book. It's a raven taking off. Yeah. So we're not counting that as photos and illustrations. So Yeah. All right. Well, let's just jump right into this. Shauna, tell us what you thought (laughs) of Son of a Trickster. Because you did give it a variety of ratings, so you must have a lot to say about it. Well, I gave it a variety of ratings because when we spoke to Larissa, which um, she was in our previous podcast, she is actually championing this book. And some of the things that she said made me really think about how I wanted to rate this book. So I gave Pace and Insightfulness sevens because... I feel that it takes a long time for the story to develop, but uh, and when we are looking at characters and the enjoyability factor, it's necessary in order to build up the characters and give them the voices that they are supposed to be representing. How about you? What are you... <laughs> well, okay. Uh, when I read this book, you know, I was looking back to see how long it took me to read each book because I am done with all of them. But um, this one took me about 16 days, so a little over two weeks. And it's mostly because I was reading it and then I was kind of, I don't know, it just didn't grab me. And I'm not a big magic realism fan, although I wish there had been a lot more with the raven. Like if it had been a talking raven throughout the whole book, I would have been all on board with it. Because as you know, ravens are one of my animals I like. And uh, I have a painting with Raven in it. Actually, a couple. And um, so, but I just struggled with it. So can I tell you my really shallow, first shallow reason why I struggled with the book? Yes. It's, it's really shallow. Okay. All right. So at the beginning of the book, Jared's dog, Baby, dies, right? Right. And you know why Baby dies? 
No. Exactly. I am a dog lover. And baby dies because she gets heartworm and she dies. And at one point, Richie, before he was involved with them, even said, I think it was Richie said something like, you know, your, your dog didn't have to die. Or somebody said that to him. I can't remember. Somebody was being mean and said that. And it's true. If he had given his dog medication on a monthly basis, his dog would not have have to die a horrible, horrible, painful death. Because I actually had a dog, a rescue dog one time that had it. And I know what that's like. So I, I will admit, I'm such a dog lover, crazy dog lover, that as soon as I read, like at first I was like, oh, his dog is dying or died. Oh, that's so sad. And then when I read that, I went, oh, really? You could have prevented that. Well, you right have to remember, he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. And he didn't even want the dog in the first place. It was just handed it to him. And all he did was it was his natural instinct to care and take care of that animal. Just like you see Jared do that throughout the entire book with almost all of the characters. He still takes care of his dad. He ends up taking care of his sister and the baby. He takes care of his compassion and all that his ignorance shouldn't be one of the shallow reasons why you dislike this book. No, no, I'm not saying that I didn't I no, no, I'm not saying I didn't like the book because of that. What I'm saying is it was right off the bat, I think I just was kind of like, oh. You know what I mean? I just it turned me off as a right. as a dog lover. And I know it's really a shallow reason. I oh. agree with you for all the beautiful things, the compassion and the kindness and everything that Jared exhibits absolutely beautiful but i kept kind of going back to that going like well but his dog died because he was and whether he knew about it or not i don't know but i'm just saying it it was i said it was a shallow reason it was shallow yeah yeah no i quit going on about it but yes it's all good i had a hard time with piecing out the difference between what was magic what was reality and what was drugged induced oh reality or whatever because he does do drugs so there's there's so much drugs and uh, drinking and all of the party scenes that go on. It's hard to tell, you know, as the, st- the story starts off slow in regards to picking up the magic. And I'm like, okay, I know there's magic in here. Where is it going to show up? And so it gets like halfway through the story. And like there's times where like I remember the, the most confusing part that I had was he was on a subway or a bus or something going somewhere and he was sitting next to a guy and all of a sudden inside his mind the guy says to him that Phil is not his father and I was just kind of like well there's no animals around at that point the crow had spoken to him maybe once or twice he had seen the, the weird woman and He didn't know what she was yet, though. But I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know what that was. Was that the guy speaking to him? Or I don't remember seeing crows around there. Or uh, where was this coming from? And then later on in the story, you find out that he can talk to people and dreams. And there's ghosts. And there's a whole montage of supernatural things that occur. Yeah. And I think for me... I would almost have to go back and I think the best way for me to, I would have to reread this book because I just, like I said, I I feel bad because everyone, the people who love it, love it. And I'm just reading it. I love Jared. Like I love Jared. I'm not so sure. I loved all 
the intermix of all the other characters involved, which is odd because they ha- they were necessary to the story. But somehow I I really liked Jared. That's interesting because I liked all of the characters. I really felt that every single one of them had a purpose and a reason to be in the story. So even David, the guy who abused Jared, and Maggie, Jared's mom, ends up nailing David's feet to the ground. Oh, yeah. uh, Because of all of the abuse that both of them had taken, and they left, and they ended up getting a restraining order, and... You know, even he has a purpose and a reason for being in that story. I mean, we already know that this is a three-part book and it's a trilogy that, I guess that's, I don't know why I'm being redundant. (laughs) 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 That, you know, now we know who the cast of characters are. And in the next couple of books, it's going to be really about how they're going to be fleshed out. So, yeah. Well, <clears throat> let me just go over a couple of, I, I wrote down a couple of things that really touched my heart in the story. And again, I think I just got, I think I just sort of focused so much on Jared. At a certain point, I was just like, this isn't really my book. Like, I liked it, but I don't know. I just kind of waffled. But let me just give you the first one. Um, first of all, I loved, loved the thing that his mother said all the time to him, which is, the world is harder. You have to be harder. And at another time she said, the world is hard. You need to be harder. So I love that she was trying to, and once you realize who she is and that she's, you know, like a witch and the whole thing, you realize that he doesn't even understand what that means yet because she means there's a whole different world out there he's going to have to deal with and he's got to suck it up and he's got to learn to be harder He's going to need to be harder because he doesn't even know what's coming yet. So I really love that. I love that quote. That was the first thing I wrote down. The other thing was on page 165. I'm actually literally going to say what page number it is. At one point, he is talking to Sarah. And this this was the first indication I had where I just thought, like, it just grabbed my heart. Like, Jared, like, it was the first indication to me of how sad a character he was because... He said to her, she said, I feel numb all the time. Like I took sleeping pills and can't wake up. I just want to feel something. And Jared said, I don't want to hurt you. And I don't want to be hurt. And that's when you realize, wow, he's already, he's only what, 16 or something like that. And he's already had a really, really shitty life. He's been abused. He's been treated horribly. He's been through the ringer with his mom, his dad, his grandmothers, both of them really. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought for him to just say, and I don't want to be hurt. Oh, that just like, that just broke my heart when he said that. So I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. And then on page 202, another quote I wanted to mention was he's talking. It says, Jared tells Sarah about his broken ribs, I guess. Was it his broken ribs? No, I don't even remember. I don't yes. remember for sure. Yep. Okay. About his broken ribs. And he said... He wanted, or the book said, the story said, he wanted to stay here in the quiet moment when everything was calm and everyone was safe. Because again, that was who he was. He just wanted to gather people around him. He wanted to take care of them. He wanted to make sure they were they were okay and that everybody had that feeling of safety. And you know, I've worked with children um, in the past, like many, many years ago, in volunteer situations that had been abused, physically and emotionally abused. And that was the thing that in training they used to always say is no matter how 
much a child is abused. He wants his family around him. Even if his family abused him, he wants his family around him and he wants to feel safe. So again, that uh, that was another quote that really, or part of the story that I loved. Well, you know, the, the one thing that got me, like the most emotional that I felt was when it's near the end of the book, Nana Sophia is coming to get him because he has been dragged away by the river otters. Uh, yeah. He's been harmed by them. And Nana Sophia is supposed to be helping him. She's taking him, like she's coming to pick him up and take him back with her. Well, in the meantime, Jared has spoken with the Weget, who ends up being his father, mm-hmm. and finds out that the Weget took takes on every DNA component of Phil, and that's why Jared is the Weget's son and not Phil's son. And... Jared feels that he needs to be honest and, and open with his Nana Sophia or Sophia because oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. his Nana. Yeah. Ugh. And he expresses to her, he tells her all about what the Regit has said. And it killed me mm-hmm. when Nana Sophia writes him a check and walks out the oh, door. Oh, I totally agree. Because. That, I agree with you on that. You know, Nana Sophia through the entire book is the one person that Jared relied on for consistent love and support. Yeah. And although she couldn't be there with him physically because she was on her honeymoon through a lot of the book, yeah. she always talked to him, encouraged him, and you know she opened up her doors for when he was ready to leave. And he was like, okay, my finals are going to be done in June. I'm going to come stay with you. She's like... Why not come now? Yeah, yeah. And the minute that she finds out that he is not blood, it killed me because my my grandfather was not my biological grandfather, and I didn't find out until I was around 16. But he still loved me regardless. He still treated me as his granddaughter the entire time. He never walked out on me. yeah. And I couldn't even imagine having somebody like that in my life just walk out. And if you think about it, in the opening of the book, his other grandmother doesn't want anything to do with him, doesn't like him, doesn't want any... I mean, she just really says some nasty things to him and about him. And then it ends with his other grandmother turning her back on him, too. So you're just like, well... No, she says, come see me. Come visit me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, right at the very end, right? Wasn't it at the very end? No, I, it's not as harsh as you remember. So when he was a kid, it was, it was the, um, no, his, no. Nan, his grandma trying to get his mom to understand that there was something different about her son. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about, no, what I'm saying is grandma, Anita is the mother's. Is Maggie's mother. Ma- Maggie's mother. And what I'm saying is the book opens with her saying that, being really mean. Yeah. And eventually she comes back. Yes, she does come back. What I was saying was you got the, and Anna Sophia walks away from him. So what I'm saying yes. is you got both grandmothers at, at the beginning and at the end of the book. It's bookended with the, the grandmothers rejecting him. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Not I know that oh, okay. Grandma Anita comes back. I get that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And then the other quote I just want to say, because again, this one just like, oh, 
pierced my heart. He wished people could make undying declarations of love and loyalty to him when they weren't half cut or stoned out of their gourds or sorry. Because that's the other thing. He did so much for everyone. And I think about how, didn't he like help bathe Mr. Jax? And he did yeah. all these, I mean, all the things that he did. And think about the average 16-year-old boy. Ain't none of them doing what Jared did. So he had so much love and compassion. And I don't know how he turned out to be who he was based on how he grew up. But that's just it. It's like no one could come to him and just love him unconditionally and in the moment it always had something attached to it from everyone else in his life. Right. Anyway, I love that. I love that part of the book as well. Well, and I hope that, you know, at the end of the book, he ends up going to AA and that's where he meets Dylan's father is at AA. And I'm really hoping that that is going to start being the turnaround point for that because even right then and there, Dylan's father says, anytime you need a ride to, to our meeting, call me up and I'll take you. And I think that's kind of really a first step toward finding people who are like that, who's will, who are willing to take care or reciprocate, reciprocate the things that he is putting out into the world. Cause I know you and I, we talk about law of attraction all the time Yeah, (laughs) and having that part B. Now there were, uh, there was one part, that I just, like, I have no idea the purpose, the reason. They're, like, chapter 11, chapter 20, and there's a couple more later on that were just odd inserts. And I couldn't figure out why they would be part of the story. One was the aspect of the world starting. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't understand some of that either. And then another one was the aspect of like a little microbial thing. Yeah. Now, at the end of like the third or fourth one, and it was only at the end, does it show a reason as to why it might be part of the story? But the rest of it had nothing to do with the world. Okay, but that's just it. It has to because no, I always, whenever authors do things like that, where they put something in there where I, where I just say, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just like, why am I even reading this? That's when I just say to myself, there's a, there's a really serious, clear reason why they put it in. Otherwise, it's ridiculous. They would have edited, uh, edited it out. They wouldn't have put it in in the first place. So maybe we learn what that's about further down the, the line. Because I, I even like... He could talk to the fireflies that surround Sierra's mm-hmm. head. And I was even trying to put their conversations into those inserts to see if it was like part, if it was referencing either of those. And it didn't. Yeah, I didn't work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. No, I mean, it really. Okay. So to be honest, for me, uh, you know, I own the second book. Everyone, a lot of, I shouldn't say everyone. Many people I've read have said the second book is better, but I think it's just going to be one of those things where I, I think I'd have to reread it because now that I sort of know where where it was going in the first book, maybe I need to look at it again and sort of see if I like it any better. Right. Because it just wasn't, I don't know if it was the timing of it, if it's magic realism, right. if it's because it's a trilogy because... 
I don't know that I've said this yet on any of our podcasts, but I am not a fan of series. Like, I like one book. Yeah, me too, actually. I almost, I'm famous in my life. Everyone knows I'm good for reading the first book, but I very seldom ever go past a first book in a a series. I, I just don't really do it. Right. The only times that I do it is when I'm seriously hooked into the storyline. Like, sadly, and I can't believe I'm going to admit oh, this I'm to the not, public. I'm not, you're not even going to say Game of Thrones. No. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were going to say Game of Thrones. No, no. I read that for love, not for yeah. <laughs> not for actually reading it for reading pleasure. Uh, yeah, I, I read it for my boyfriend. That's all I had to say. But no, I read the Joanne Fluke series. And I'm not, I don't read it for the cozy mystery part. I read it because. I don't even know what that is. Well, I can't figure out how she can date three men at once and have all of them be okay with it. Which series was it? Um, Is it Stephanie Plum? Nope. It's. Oh, I I don't even know. Yeah. She writes cozy mystery. Oh, I don't uh, read those. Food mystery. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So like her latest one is Coconut Cake Murder. Okay. And it's always got a pastry in the title. But the only reason why I like reading it is because of the relationship that the woman has with different characters in the book. And she dates three or four men at the same time that they all know about each other. And I'm just kind of like, I want to know how you're dating three men at once. I don't know. Ask a local hooker. I don't know. I don't really know. But anyway. Because my boyfriend won't let me date anybody else (laughs) at the same time. So Yeah, but are her do all of the men know that she's dating all of them? Yep. And they're friends. Okay, here's why it's happening. It's It's fiction. It's fiction. That's why. That's the only reason why. Anyway, is she sleeping with all of them? Well, it doesn't get it's PG thirteen. Okay, that's why. That's okay. That's complete crap. It's so. it's fiction and it's not real, <laughs> it's not real at yeah. all on any level. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just so, I'm not a big fan of. Um, so I mean, I I think I'll try to reread this again. Maybe I don't know. We'll see, and then maybe that will make me want to read the second one. I do like I do like the character of Jared. I'd right. kind of like to see him triumph at the end. But I didn't make it through. I was what is it? Uh, I didn't make it through, uh, what was the vampire series? Oh, Twilight. I didn't make it through Twilight. Oh, yeah, me neither. I think I made it through Hunger Games. I think I did read the last one. Not 100% sure I got through the third one. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And Harry Potter, I never got past number four. So there you go. Oh, I did did go through Harry Potter series. Yeah, I did not. So still want to do that. When I retire, uh, maybe we'll see. But okay, are we ready to give it? um, Oh, no, one last thing I just want to say really quick. Uh, I just want to say one thing I didn't like about the book, I just did not like about the book because mm-hmm. I can't handle this, is the how often sh- they reference vomiting and then in graphic detail. Because I have a really weak stomach and even reading about it could make me throw up. So I was really getting annoyed with how many times. And somebody on the Canada Reads Facebook page actually said this exactly how I felt when she she said the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I feel as well. Please, uh, Eden Robinson, in the third book, Hopefully in the second, there's not a lot of vomiting. And hopefully in the third, there is no vomiting. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Some more reasons why I really like this book was that there is mystery and a thriller aspect and a tiny bit of a, a like scary or horror element to it in regards to, I remember one day, I think you came into my office. And I'm like, I think, because I had just read that morning that he could see ghosts and 
so when I went to work that day and Rebecca came to visit me in my office, I'm like, I think his mom is dead. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so afraid that his mom is dead because they have a really strong relationship. She does leave him for a little period of time, but she comes back and, and they rectify things. But I was so afraid that she was dead and I I was okay with baby being the thing that came back as the ghost to show and I'm glad it was baby and not a human like we didn't have to kill off another character for uh him to start seeing the ghost to Mm -hmm. replicate to show that he is the son of a trickster because even at the end of this book it leaves us off as a mystery because one we see that he's getting better. He's going to AA. He's becoming a better student. He got a job, so on and so forth. But we don't know what he is. His mom says that he's a special needs witch. But he he's not being classified as a trickster. He's not being called Weget. He's not being called a full-blown witch. So what the heck is Jared? And I think that's what's really going to keep me reading is trying to figure out what it is that Jared is. Well, do you have, do you own the second book? I don't. Okay, here, I'm handing you my copy of the second book and you can read it and I'll reread the first one. So you can let me know. Okay. Because chances of me actually reading it, I'm not sure. We'll see. All right. Are we ready to give it its, its uh, designation for my beliefs? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go first because we already know what you're going to say. It was funny because originally I gave it three stars. And then when we were talking to Larissa in our previous podcast, I thought, I looked down and I was like, why did I give it three? I liked it more than, I mean, I liked it better than We Have Always Been Here, which I gave that a three. So then I gave it a four. But then when I started really thinking about the book and like really in how I read it and you and I, before we started uh, taping, I don't remember 90% of what happened. Mm. You had to explain it all again to me, which meant it didn't stick with me. It just didn't resonate with me. So I'm actually going to give it a three and a half because I need it to be a little higher than we have always been here because I did like it more than that because I love Jared. Yeah. But I'm giving it three and a half. And thanks, Larissa, for like giving a half a uh, maple leaf because I think you and I I know we were like oh we need to be a straight maple leaf yeah and having the increments of half is is actually really nice yeah I like that I agree yeah uh because I'm gonna give it a five yeah so uh now you've read four out of the five and probably you won't necessarily finish small game hunting by the time uh Monday rolls around with the competition so uh I think I will you think so if you, out of the four you've read so far, which one would you champion? Radicalized. Yeah. I would. Yeah. And in part because I know that you are already championing from the ashes and Larissa is championing championing son of a trickster. So I kind of want to choose one that's different, but one that I can stand by as an actual story that I would want to champion. Yeah. That's so. good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, so. Yeah, but then again, I haven't finished Small Game Hunting, so I am interested in seeing what that's about. I listened to a video that you sent me yesterday, and I think the way that the woman speaks 
is how it's in the book. So I think I want to watch another interview of hers to see if that helps with some of the problem of the dialogue that other people have mentioned. Yeah, it's funny in that interview, which we'll link to, uh, I think we can link to it because it was CBC, I think, you're right? Uh, it was funny because they had all the authors kind of just debating or answering some questions. And Megan Gale Coles, that is, I've watched a number of interviews with her and listened to them, I should say. And that was the strongest her accent ever came across to me. Like when she got interviewed by Sheila Rogers, it was not quite that strong. And I, when I heard her talking, I thought, oh my gosh, that is the voice of her, the characters in her book. And I didn't really, because I was saying I couldn't, I don't know that accent because it's not one I'm familiar with as an American. So that was really interesting to hear that really broad Newfoundland accent. So that was very, very cool. I'm glad we heard that interview. So we'll link to that. Yes. So. All right. If you would like us to continue providing great content like this, please rate, review, like, share, comment, and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Goodbye.